Check out the menu. It's the set lunch with me, Razifashi. It's the set lunch with me, Razif Hashim, and we are now serving the main course, dishing out insightful interviews with some of the leading players of the F&B industry. Well, actually, today we're not talking to someone from the F&B industry. It's someone from the design industry that has a lot to do with the F&B world. Together with us is CEO and founder of Design Works, Dali Abdul Aziz. Dali, selamat datang. Welcome, bro. Hi, hi. Thank you. All right. He is a freelance designer who consults on setting up restaurants and cafe in Kuala Lupo, among other things. But, you know, um, he's had such an interesting background. Dali, please share with us how you started off your career. Okay. Basically, um, I love the arts. Uh, from school, I was doing like comics and stuff, and then I went to Lincoln Wing, study this course, uh, visual digital art. So basically, it's a fine art, but they call it visual digital art. And then after that, I further my studies in Melbourne, uh, bachelor's of fine arts. So from there, uh, I got opportunity to to how to say do an internship for one year, but. Uh, it's an open internship, so you can just work anywhere in Melbourne, any 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 work. So I found out like I can work as a freelance. So I, I did a few jobs over there. I did like a small menial job, like a, uh, at a bar or the restaurants. And then from there, I learned a lot of stuff. I had a studio over there. And then uh, from there, from a restaurant, uh, one of my boss he he opened up a cafe, a club, and a bar, a few bars, and like. Uh, one of the best, uh, how to say, uh, franchise burger joint. It's called 8-Bit Burger. So I helped them set up that, that 8-Bit Burger. And from there, I learned a lot of uh, skill of restaurants and bars and whatnot. And from uh, after that, I went back to Malaysia. I tried to find a, a full-time job, but it's kind of hard to find a full-time job in Malaysia. So one of my friends uh, came up to me and said, like, Hey, Dalika, do you, you want to check out the UK? I know you like Melbourne so much, but you should check out the UK. And then I said, why? Well, you can you can just travel in the UK. At the same time, you can just check out Europe. So I applied for a working holiday visa. I ended up in the UK and Europe for like two and a half years. And one and a half years, I was working as a, a sous chef. But uh, it started as a, a dishwasher guy. And then slowly, I upgrade along the way. I upgrade to a sous chef. So yeah, from from UK, I came back. Uh, I thought like, uh, I want to do something in art. So I set up this uh, place called Minute Inn. It's a gallery event space in Uptown Damansara. And then from there, I, uh, for two, I think four or five years, I'm just doing fully arts. And then slowly, uh, I got a lot of friends. And my friends uh, slowly like, Hey, you're doing business. Uh, this business can last long. Do you want to join uh, me to do some other stuff? And then like, okay, yeah, why not? So from there, I got a lot of opportunities. And, and the best opportunity that I have is to set up a pizza joint. It's called Pizza on Fire in Damansara Padana. And after that, I got another big, big deal uh, with this guy, Bosnet, who, who wants us to do a a uh, restaurant for him, a steakhouse in Bangsa. It's called uh, Number 97. So it's up and running now and it's like it's 
is the shit now. Yeah, man, it's doing really well. So I yeah. heard. All right, that's good, man. Sounds like a great track record. Apparently, um, Dali does a lot of other stuff as well. It doesn't just revolve around the FNB scene. Okay, uh, I did. I, I have a business called Minute in it. It's a gallery event space. So there's a lot of uh, art exhibition or art events and a lot of like a small performance like acoustic or bands or uh, DJs. Not a big time, but uh, it's a hub for for startup for young artists and uh, forgotten artists or any in between who wants to be in art so we pro- uh, promote like art so we just want people to live in art and like uh, have a sustained life in art so that's why I did Minu in it but at the same time uh, Minu in it has done a lot of events outside of KL in KL we did like events for uh, for Urbanscape we did event for East Carnival uh, in Johor so we did uh, like uh, mix and match workshop for every sort of art, uh, you name it, carving, video, or whatever, anything in, in, in the line of art. But the best one is in Urbanscape for like, I think it was in 2015, if I'm not mistaken, the, where in Jalan Hang Kasturi, if I'm not mistaken, uh, the building underneath, it was an old bank. So we got like the underground floor of the bank is a bank vault. So they asked us to do some, some art, uh, how to say art installation. So we did like a art installation based on uh, the bank vault itself. So we, we changed the color scheme. We make it like a very, we, we, we make, we make in it itself inside the bank vault. So that's one of um, my greatest achievement, I think. That sounds fantastic. Why is it called Mino Init? How do you spell that? Um, M-I-N-U-T-I-N-I-T. Uh, Mino Init. Yes. Uh, so basically, um, you know Kodak? Kodak? Uh, the old film? Yes. Uh, from my, from what I know, that Kodak is a is a how to say? It's a created word. It's, it doesn't mean anything. So that person just create Kodak. So I, I want to create something like that. And I was from the UK and in it was like, a, they use in Oh, in it. In oh, in it. <laughs> right. but, but I wanted to Malaysianize it. So I just like I-N-I-T. So it's just like, it sounds like, uh, I thought at first it was I-N-I-T, you're in it. Mm-hmm. So it, it it wasn't it was in it so is it it yeah, yeah, yeah. so uh, but minute uh, I like the word minute because it it uh, represent two things for for me uh, it's like minute uh, small and precise in like uh, it means space and minute like uh, one minute two minute so it means time so it's like time and space you're in the time and space right right yeah. right you're in the time and space in it yeah. ah right so you're dekat dalam dah tapi sebenarnya bukan isn't it yeah. kan? so dia dia lah ni orang berjiwa seni ni dia orang suka keluar dengan benda-benda yang uh, berlapis eh? yes. berlapis ah, ok cool so sebenarnya when I did the uh, research on Kodak the name Kodak that actually came from um, cow dan ikan toda that's no, I'm kidding that's just a little joke of mine I tell it every time fantastic um Talking to a creative company for the very first time here in uh, the set lunch. Tell us about mm, Pizza on Fire, your first restaurant that you worked on. Um, what was that process like? Oh, um, it was like uh, it was three of us at first. No, it was four. Uh, the investor and then the investor went to one once this guy Kuchi uh, Alfi. He was a chef in Cool uh, Cats and. Uh, 
he he wants he wants him to open up a pizza on fire. So he come up to me and my other partner, Azlan. He we both like uh, come up with a uh, brainstorm with a name, uh, and he choose pizza on fire. It sounds so catchy, and then with the catchy name, we need to have a catchy logo as well. So. Um, my designer was my sister actually so my sister was he, uh, in my family my sister can draw better than me so i'm just like call, call her up and she's like okay why not so she start designing and then she start designing based on uh, kachi itself the person so he is a really street wise guy he he likes uh how to say skateboard he likes to watch narcos he's he is something else he's something else and then uh, he, uh, my sister tried to follow. He tried to put his face on the pizza logo. So we, he, what we what she did is like she did a pizza logo, like a how to say, like a melting pizza with a with a Ray-Ban glasses on, and the the top crust is like his hair, and we tried to make it like as catchy as street as like New Yorkish pizza combined Italian. So. We play with the colors as well, so black, uh, no, uh, red, white, and the pizza logo itself together. So if you have a look on the pizza logo, it, uh, it looks different. It looks like a like a skate skate or. Hang on, I'm just pulling this out on the uh, internet right now. How's this? No, I think you should check out on the Instagram, Pizza on Fire. Okay, that's yes. a problem because I don't have Instagram. Oops, oh. did I really say that? <laughs> yes, I did. I don't. Okay, hang on. Um, we're just pulling it out, Pizza on Fire, on the Instagram. You can follow them, Pizza on Fire MY. Uh, yeah, this is the logo. Oh, right. It is a face. Yes. Right. Cool. Very, very cool. And then the concept that we want to do is, uh, I asked the chef, what what do you really want to do with the pizza? How to make it special? So basically, he, the place is quite small. It's only like 500 square feet. It's just a, it's just a small place. So uh, half of the size of a subway pizza, uh, subway restaurant. So we want to do like a subway concept where you come in and then you can choose your topping. So basically, it's just about uh, someone who can see you doing the pizza in front of yourself and then just choose the topping by itself. So basically, it's just a small joint that you can just, hey, I want to put extra pepperoni or extra cheese or whatnot. And then I, and of course, we have the, our own menu. So that's why we, we come up with the concept called Pizza on Fire. It's kind of it's street for, for the kids, I think. Not for the kids, for the the how to say youngsters i would say i see i see yeah and, and it, it kind of works you know you go in and you grab a slice of pie we don't have that culture when you're here in malaysia you know what i mean yeah. like um uh house business over there oh uh, so far so good because it's underneath a uh, apartment so we check out the radius that uh and we do delivery so we're trying to push uber eats and food panda at the same time we try to push uh, uh the apartment uh, there's a few apartments in damansara padana so be definitely pushing it to the to the locals over there. Do you have a stake in this business? Uh, or I mean, should I say a slice? No, no. Uh, I would say if I go there, I can just get a pizza for free. I, oh, I'm nice. just a startup guy for pizza. <laughs> yeah. No, that's fantastic. Okay, so you build it based on the needs and the personality of the entrepreneur yes, themselves. Yes. What about the um the menu? What made you choose the fonts aside from the street? I mean, like okay, so the 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 street art. It, it's very graffiti like. Uh, you know, it's very 
graphic-y. Uh, it's not like your clean-cut, Instagrammable restaurants of today. Uh, but somehow or other, it works. You know what I mean? Um, what about the price point um, of this restaurant? Did that come into play when you were actually designing this um, the, the surroundings of it? I think everything about the price is almost the same with other pizza joints or other places. It's just that we we want to do something different. We, there's no nobody doing it like a street style or graffiti style pizza place ever in Malaysia so far. So we try to do it. And from there, we got like a lot of his, I think, ultimate approach us, approach Pizza on Fire to maybe like joint venture in the future. I'm not too sure. There's few guys who try to approach us to uh, to do a, another, maybe a, another franchise or another place, but it's under process right now. I see. Well, it's great because it's local ideas, local artists and putting everything together. So what did you decide to do with time and space for this particular project? Okay, this is a surprise for me. Um, uh, when I was doing events in Minute Init, uh, one of my friends, uh, well, this guy called Adam, Adam from Wood and Steel, uh, one of the best uh, cafes in KL right now, not KL, uh, in Klang Valley a few years back, but uh, still doing strong. He came up to me and was like, oh, he got a, like uh, some personal problems so I was like hey what's up what's up what's going on oh I got something going on with my life and blah 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 and then suddenly hey do you want to do something together yeah yeah why not then one day he just called me up like okay daddy where's Matt we're going to St. Regis to do to meet some clients and and he didn't tell me anything just where's Matt we're going to meet some clients in St. Regis Hotel in KL Central so we went there and then I remember that day was like wow something really fancy is like we're meeting in a fancy place in a in a cigar lounge somewhere in St. Regis Hotel I know where that is yeah <laughs> I live there okay oh, I'm kidding yeah. no. <laughs> no I'm kidding I'm kidding <laughs> so uh, when when we arrive uh, we tried to find a place and then we found a place it's like oh this is so cool even like uh, to enter that place there's a massive wall that open up just to go in so we went there and then we see uh there's like five or six of them my client and it turned out it was a uh, boss net uh and then like hey okay this is something else so it's like okay i didn't i he did, uh, adam didn't tell me anything about uh the what they're gonna do or which what type of restaurant i don't have any idea so basically just meeting uh, between uh me adam and his partner and them so it turned out like I just knew there and there what they wanted. They wanted a steakhouse. They want uh, they want Adam to to design to to have the feel. Basically, the uh, the concept is he wants to cook and he wants to to let people see him cook. So that's just a concept that he wants. So basically, Adam come up with a design like an open kitchen so that you can see uh, him cooking. Uh, and then after we close the deal, then we come up with the design. Oh, I think he come up with the design first, early design. Then we we come up with a proper design. So basically, what Adam did was he, me and him, like uh, I have a Melbourne background and I work in Manchester, so I have a rough feel of how to make it like a uh, European or uh, a bit more how to say Western. And Adam has like a business in wood and steel and cafe and he he every now and then he will go to bali so he has this uh, bali type and we combine that bali melbourneese and 
and European Westernish style together. So, uh, and he chose the color scheme that is so simple, like a white, black, and gold. Yeah. So make it just classy. Just um, out of curiosity, so number 97, um, yes, I kind of felt that you already had that, you know, uh, definitely Melbourne Balinese feel. Um, there's a cafe out in Bali that does really well called Sister Fields, okay. right? Um, th- th- it's a Melbourne concept. A lot of Melbourne-based, um, you know, Instagrammable, new age cafes really yes. make it out there. And, um, you know, I would say number 90, uh, number 97 has that, that quality and that feel. Um, but, you know, Let's talk about, you know, the, the vast difference between your first project and this project. You know what I mean? What, um, how did you define uh, Boss Ned's um, character, characteristics and, um, and, and how did you, um, you know, what, what elements of, of um, you know, uh, his, his personality did you add in? You know, aside from being elegant, classy, um, you know, uh, yeah, what... It, and then you have that white, black, and gold feel. What, what was that all about? Okay, so basically, uh, if you know Bosnet, he's like very like a strong guy, and his character is just up there, and he's really, really upfront all the time. So we try to have that rugged feeling. We're going for the rugged uh, gentleman, you know, kingsman style. That he's always up there, upfront, wearing suit or something like that. That feel. At the same time. Uh, Adam has this wooden steel that always has the uh, industrial feel, but we don't go too the in, too industrial. We make it like industrial, elegant and classy, and we always push the ruggedness at the same time. And I think the best part of ninety uh, seven is the lightings. We have this. Uh, we found a designer, one of our friend, uh, Stephanie Ng. Stephanie Ng designer. Yeah, 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 yeah nice. So, she she did the 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 uh, lighting inside the ninety seven. So I think she she killed it. That's the best highlight of ninety seven. The lighting make it look nice, go black and gold. So nothing can go wrong with that. We can we can't have a lot of colors at the same time. So we we just play with the colors and then we oh, uh we did like the flooring. We did um it's a small tile a one inch tile like an old tile. So we did like a border that looks like a Versace. So it make make them more classy and more fashionable, I think. And uh, and you know the pillow pillowcase that if you rub your hand you can leave a mark. Uh, so we have wow. that black and gold pillowcase going on. So uh, at the same time we 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 went to Bali just to buy some uh, decorative stuff like a. Uh, golden bull horn. We have like golden three golden bull horn skulls. One like big massive to, uh, four feet golden bull horn and two small ones. So we hang it around ninety seven and yeah, and we play with the uh, kitchen, uh, the open kitchen. So uh, it makes like a tempeyaki. You can sit in front of uh, the chef and see how they cook. That's the highlight of the place. That's fantastic. Mm. But let's be honest, you didn't go to Bali just to buy the bullhorns, did you? No, I'm kidding. Uh, you're right. That's fantastic, though. Um, I love how the vast difference of dealing with different spaces um, really comes across in actually planning things out. Just in general, working as a designer, what are the hardships that you go through when you're dealing with your clients, or when you're dealing with sourcing for stuff? Tell us. Okay, I start with ideas. Uh, okay, it all depends on if the 
if the person who wants to do something is if if they give a like an, an idea and something like okay uh how to say if the client wants something something simple and we we come up with a design and then they don't want it but when we do it, when we did the design we have to do a lot of things out through the design we have to do 3d we have to do um, a mock-up we have to do we have to clarify this and that and then end up the client will say oh no i don't want this i want something else so we waste a lot of time so basically uh, first thing what we do is we just to make sure we tell them first uh do you trust us on uh, on our design if you trust us just 80% of the design, just let us say, and we will deal with this. Another 20% is yours. So basically, it's just about like clarifying the design and the ideas first. And then it starts, uh, the problem will start slowly as scheduling or items, like some of items or some, some how to say, some stuff doesn't fit and uh, work work timing that's the most important i think because uh, you have to catch deadline so what is important first then you you do which one is lesser and lesser so i think uh i i, I like challenge so i like to solve problems so for me it's not a big problem unless there's no uh, unless there's no solution every problem there's a solution but we we always find a solution in terms of every aspect so we don't just concentrate on like uh one aspect so if we if there's a, a kitchen problem yeah we solve the kitchen problem but at the same time if the problem solved does it affect the the restaurant outside does it affect everything so we have to take all the matters in not only just concentrate on one problem if there's a one problem we just concentrate on all of the things together i think um i don't think is a uh, every every job and has always have a problem or challenges so we just try to solve it anyhow and then because there's deadline so basically any job in uh, graphic design or design or construction there's a deadline so we just try to finish our deadline first with our first initial idea then only we will proceed if you want to add on or something so basically we just always follow the first plan ever every time so we don't we don't change it uh if you want to change it it will be totally different it depends if the client wants it really really wants it then what can we do yeah so basically uh, we just put them we ask them to trust us for 80% of the idea and trust us and then another 20% is just like okay you can change it. tweak a little bit just 20% but the first initial idea we just need to follow it that's the easiest way so how difficult is it to get that fundamental trust uh, um <laughs> i would say uh you have okay in my team i have three three uh three to four guys so uh, i'm the project manager for the team so basically i will make sure everything running well and then the first guy is adam adam is doing the branding and the marketing and uh, adam and this another guy mark uh, adam is is the guy who do the presentation who deal with the client if there's a problem i will let uh, adam talk because he is a sweet talker and he can talk he can he can make sure that oh, this is very nice this is expensive i can do that but i i wear like an artist so i don't doesn't look good on me if i go there and do a, uh, a presentation or whatnot but still uh, uh when it comes to project managing i just follow the schedule and like i said it's just just 
the first idea and the first schedule, you just follow that, then it won't be a big problem. But sometimes the client, while you were working, the client will come and like, okay, why this looks small? Why this is big? And are we always going to go back to the first initial idea? That's the easiest way for, for us. Yeah. All right. Fantastic. Well, it's always going back to the initial idea and sometimes it's very hard to land on an initial idea, especially with collaborations. Collaborations uh, or partnerships um, is always crucial in any business and maybe every project as well, especially so when you're dealing with artists and art. So tell us about what it's like um, doing collaborations. Okay. Um, it's almost the same. Uh it, it all depends on uh, the how to say uh who are you and what they like and like if you're dealing with uh, uh the age group basically i would say so and the age age group and uh what are their interests so for example if uh, boss net were his his age is around uh 30 to 35 so i would say that he will cater for that type of that around that area but uh, he wants a new and hip design so we can't push uh, like a young 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 designers or what but adam is a young designer so how to make young designer look good so we think about uh how to say um long uh, collaboration with how to say Okay, basically, what Adam did was he tried to put himself in uh, in that age group. So you have to test and yeah, you have to try and test and have a survey and whatnot. So basically, I think uh, collaborating with other people is really really good because you learn something really really well. At the same time, you disagree to agree. So you have to disagree just to know why are you disagreeing at. So if if his design is too young, then he, he has to justify why is it important for 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 us or the other way around. So if the design is too old, why is it? You have to justify. Basically, it's all about about justifying the design. Or I'm a bit confused in collaborating because uh, we are. How to say? We are uh, in a different age group, but we are in the same boat. So we we some some has a different idea. I'm I'm I don't like uh, I I like to not to say agree. I like to observe. I observe. I uh, and from that observation, I would do all my own mind map. I would like, for example, okay, uh, the color scheme is white black and gold okay from there i do my own mind map and then how do i relate it with his concept or whatnot so basically just understanding the concept of the other other collaborators so it's just about understanding and then if you disagree what will you do i would say um, yeah push push him to push that person push him until until he tells you everything then only you say what you want. I will always do that. I will just like, okay, if you want to do like this, what what are your justification? Do you, do you want this? Oh, okay, what is it for? Blah, 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 blah. And then when it's finished, then only I will say, okay, uh, actually you can add up like this or blah, blah, like this, like this. So it's a good argument, I would say. 
to collaborate with other other people but just don't don't when when you are friends uh, you can get uh, like a bit edgy and uh, i don't know i don't know how to say it <laughs> no it's all right it's all right i think it's um okay not to know because these are always dealings of the human being i'll say it for you okay. i find that when you go into partnership with someone there's two aspects to take care of one is knowing your role and fulfilling that role and then yes i would agree that uh, under that falls a lot of justification and then the other is just a human element are you courteous enough and brave enough to have difficult conversations you know yeah, what i mean yeah, um, especially as and when it is um i think that's the easiest way to put it but it's easier said than done i feel though the best key key takeaway that uh, i got from uh, dali here on um, what he was just talking about and for you who just joined us um we were just talking about collaborations is that sometimes it's not just about agreeing to disagree but it's also disagreeing to agree yeah and um that is actually another workflow process tell us dali about design thinking and how that helps anyone in life okay <laughs> I think uh, design thinking or uh, design uh, design itself is about uh, you have something to recreate so re redo so for example Coca Cola so you, but no uh, I would say something like okay a shampoo a shampoo so you have an option to redesign the shampoo sometimes you always cater for the masses so everybody beautiful people or not. And sometimes there's a bunch of designers who who like to design for how to say for the for the rockers for example. So you have this normal commercial shampoo ad, and you have this suddenly this weird as uh, uh, rockers shampoo ad. So it it works. It works both ways. For uh, it means that uh, you you can change design really really fast. But uh, does it, is it worth it? Uh, what's your agenda through it? If your agenda is to capitalize for your own profit, then you do it for the masses. But if your agenda is to make sure that uh, you attract other other groups outside of the normal masses, then you do something else. But through design and uh, uh, for FNB, I think in Malaysia is doing really something really di- a little bit different from it used to there's like i'm surprised that we have mama and can you can you imagine that mama have a, the menu of mama is way there's a lot of things have you seen the mama menu yeah, before yeah, yeah. yeah there's like there's a meat there's like five or ten and then there's roti another 20 rotis and then they in terms that we have, uh, we, we don't need design, but we need design to have a value, I think. So, design is important. And so, you're saying that mama menu is, is ugly lah? Uh, non- it's not functional, so, you know, who reads that thing? Eh? Yeah, who reads that thing? But still, uh, it, it, it brings you to a, a how to say, a normal level, just like a... Everybody would know if you go to Mama. Everybody would just know. Okay, I would like the tail eyes. I would like a roti canai. I, I, even you can just order something that is really, really, totally different, like a roti roti telur with pisang or sardine. You can just add on, but they still can do it. Where they don't need a design on that, it still works. But uh, the value is still the same. So if you put a, a, a value onto it, a design onto it, it would 
it would totally be different like for example in, in melbourne right now there's this place called i'm not too sure there's a uh it's a mama stall but they make it like a fancy one and then the, the, the menu is the same but the value go up really really high because you put a design into it so it is important to have a like a structural design and depends on what do you want as well in the design so i think like uh, for viewers out there who wants to 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 learn more about design, I think the best way is just to travel and have a look. And then from traveling, what can you implement? Just just put yourself in. For example, you went to uh, Thailand, okay, and just just think about something. Just do a rough uh, brainstorm to yourself. What if I want to open a Malaysian restaurant in Thailand? What should I do? So from there, you can just boom, your mind will explode because you're like, oh, I, I can do this, I can do that, I can add this, I can add that. Or vice versa, how do I put a Thai restaurant in Malaysia with a Thai feel or something like that? So I think travel really will open up your mind on the design and stuff. Yeah, That's awesome. That's awesome. And if um, I were to start to design anything, what is your first rule um, What you know when you're, when you're starting to design something? Uh, okay, uh, basically just do a mind map. And then from that mind map, just choose three or four words that is really important to or what do you want to do for example okay you want to do a burger joint for example choose a team that you really like okay for example just put a super mario and then okay so you put super mario burger and then what else uh, uh you want it uh, malaysian or spicy okay spicy then from there, you elaborate, you brainstorm yourself, do a mind map. Okay, burger. Uh, from burger, what do you have? A oh, burger ramly or oh, burger, you do your own patty. And then you just mind map, mind map. And then from that mind map, just, okay, uh, cut down slowly which one you choose, which one is the best, which one. But there's a lot of ideas in mind map. I think mind mapping is the most important in brainstorming of uh, design or anything in any lifestyle because you just open up yourself uh, open up a lot of ideas through my map I think what he feels the future is like so you see in terms of design um, a lot of companies and restaurants right now are building things to be Instagram mobile and friendly you know what I mean it's it's a, no more about uh, what the food tastes like it's more about how can I take the picture of my food so what do you think the future of design is like for F&B restaurants I would say uh, with the uh, evolution of social media, uh, fast, fast, uh, how do you say, fast pace, uh, input of everything. The future would be amazing, but I would like them to go through uh, to enhance on the healthier part, like uh, know what you're gonna eat, uh, like is it healthy? If you eat this, are you gonna be fat? If you eat this, are you gonna skip parole or something like that? So. Uh, I think I just want to know the the next step is uh, how to eat healthier because in Malaysia there's a lot of foods and a lot of food is not that healthy. But like uh, I would like to see uh, in terms of the design, how to implement healthy and design and make it look cool for everybody else. And just like uh, I would say uh, that not only mama mama can can sell because they have tons of uh, menu they can sell healthy food as well at the same time so try to promote healthy food as the best of the future for i think 
Okay, and is there anything you want to predict in the trend of foods in future? In the future, um, I would say like make make the chef or a barista or the waiter job look cool. So I think like if you are a chef, if you are a waiter, it's okay to be a waiter because yeah. because here in Malaysia. Yeah. Our service industry is rubs, right? Yes, yeah, so. exactly. And I'm not talking about the steakhouse, which is, yeah, rubs. Um, I'm talking, <laughs> I'm talking about yes. Kita malu nak jadi waiter. Ah, uh, yeah. uh, Actually, you know what? That's cool. Let's make, let's make our service industry awesome. Yeah. I'm down with you on that one. So, Dali, before we leave, um, what else would you like to share to would-be future FMB entrepreneurs out there who wants to open up a business? Okay, I would say like, uh, yeah, be Jay Z, be Kanye, be be Joe Frizo, but uh, and I would say just make sure if you fail, fail three times. If after that, don't do it. <laughs> so I would say like, okay, go go, Jadi Poyo, go ahead, just do whatever you want to do, go full on, go 110%. percent. Uh, but if you fail, you still have the second chance. And if you fail the third time, then I think you should change your career or what. So just, just, just set a limit that you can fail only three times. Uh, that's my my idea. <laughs> Why three though? Uh, uh, the first time is a lesson. The second time is like us, uh, maybe luck. The third time is just you. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know that's something very very interesting. Um, you know. But I guess don't give up on your life. Go find something new, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> That's absolutely right. Okay, cool. So there we have it. Thank you so much for being with us, Dali. Thank you so much for having me here. <laughs> awesome, awesome. All right. So there we have it. Uh, words of wisdom from Dali Abdulaziz from Minute In It. Uh, that was our entrepreneur for the day.